That's really yeah, good. if you can. So here we are, truth seekers from three different spots in the world, right? We have uh, Erica, who's coming from, uh, what's the name of the town that you're in? Uh, Monmouth, Oregon. Monmouth, Oregon, on the coast, right? Uh, near Salem, actually. The coast near is like Salem. two hours away. I'll be back there tonight, so. Okay, well, this is the first time that you and I have done a done a, a show together from different locations, so this is it. It's always all about like news. <laughs> That's right. And there, I'm in Mount Shasta, and there we have uh, the wonderful Makwa Ikwa, who's coming to us from where? Egypt. 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 Oh, awesome. Yes, in Abuzir, Abuzir, close to to Cairo and um, um, Giza, so just like a little further down of Giza, and um, probably like hmm, 25, 30 minutes from the pyramids of Giza. Oh, wow. So really close by. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And you've been in Egypt for how long now? I got here on March 16th. So it's like, I think six, it's the seventh week now. And yeah, it was quite a journey. Mm -hmm. And so, you probably hear like in the background, a lot of noise with dogs. Mm -hmm. I'm, I apologize for that. Wild, wild um, gangs of dogs, like everywhere. Wow. <laughs> really? Interesting. Interesting. So the yes. last time we spoke with you, you were in Germany and you were just getting ready to embark upon your trip. And I'm, I'm sure that you have had some amazing experiences and I don't know where you'd like to begin, but uh, I guess maybe the first question I would have for you is how was it getting to Egypt, coming, you know, coming from the States, then going to Germany and getting into Egypt? And how was that just that initial kind of feeling and transformation right now with so much that's going on in the world? I mean, it was really interesting. I think um, last time when I, when we spoke, there was a lot of the with the Ukraine. So like everybody was kind of in this in this upheaval in this fear back in Germany and like a lot of stress, so to speak. And um, in Egypt, it seems like because I'm not connected to the news, it feels like I'm just on an island because Arabic, I cannot read a sign. I cannot write. I don't understand a thing. So it's really interesting. It feels like there's nothing from COVID was, what's affecting me coming in you need to wear a mask but then when you are here you don't feel anything basically about covid whatsoever there may be like the museums where you need to go in with a mask but that's basically it and then like people they said like the gas prices went up and i think it's all connected to the ukraine what happened for like worldwide for um, many many countries that the gas price went up and that's basically the only thing what i feel here like what's reminding me of anything European or Americanized because it's so like we are a Muslim country. It's like Arabic, so it's like different, different language, different everything. And um, it's the first time I mean, I was in Egypt before, but it's the first time that I'm like in in an Arabic country like that. And there was a lot of like to be you to get used to to adjust to it. And to my surprise, it actually feels really awesome. So, but it was like a real steady process to get myself into it mm. and um because it's all like masculine dominated so to speak i make the only people we really have to deal with is like with men when you go to a store everybody is like male like um when you go in a restaurant every waiter is a male when you go any place like when you go in a taxi cab in a tuk-tuk everything is male so you don't hardly see any women whatsoever wow so it's, like, it's really an adjustment just to be always in this masculine energy so to speak and um this was new so it took me 
a moment until I really got to understand their background and their culture better. And um, yeah, so now I'm here, like the seventh week, and I feel like I'm family. I'm, I live privately in a flat. I rent a flat with my friend. Um, and from the family where we did, um, like, did the organization, helped us with the organization. So it feels like we are hanging out every day with the family, have dinner or breakfast, like meet with friends, which we which we made from the family. So it feels really like I live, live here. I never felt like a tourist, not from the first moment, because it's basically like we live in this flat and there's a, in Abu Sir, there's a, our villa, what we rented out for our tour is right across from a um, excavated new permit. And it's still um, closed off to public because they're still working on it. But the energy is so intense. And um, I believe that this, um, this land, this sacred land basically called me in. Because to be honest, I don't speak about too often, but in all my downloads, when we are basically like, so we like, we are right across from this permit, this full view, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, the people where we are staying with, they have like right next to it a piece of land. And we actually established a Bedouin tent for our um, tour. So we bought a tent for them and um, that we could do our shamanic journeys. Like there was an entire like retreat included in the, in the tour that we could meet in this Bedouin tent every day to do our sacred work. And this tent and this piece of land is connected to this pyramid. And the energy, to be honest, is completely Lemurian. It's basically, we have a telos right in this, in this, on this piece of land. And this was like one, one um, mission would need to be fulfilled to bring more of the feminine energy of the Lemurian energy here to Egypt. So, and just by hanging out in this, on this land, it's literally like I get to the land and I leave my body because the energy is so high. So it's just absolutely beautiful to be in this really Mount Shasta Lemurian energy. And even the last journey to tell us, I did here um, online, when I did my meditation, the entire Telos and healing team all showing up on this pyramid and the entire ceremony was basically held on the pyramid. And what the downloads what I got was literally that this was they have a gigantic birthing rock and you can sit on this rock and there's like a seat and when you sit on it it's like you lie in a birthing position i'm like you cannot sit sit it's like you lie in a birthing position and it was like for the high priestesses to help women to give birth wow. and the energy is just really incredible so that's where we are hanging out this is like our home station and that's where we started our tour. So we had a villa rented right across to be like really immersed in this energy when we are not on any tour or like museum or like sacred sites that we have integration on this piece of land. So and this worked out really great because the initiations for our entire group and what people went through was absolutely tremendous. I think as I mentioned the guidance what I got um, in Mount Shasta was that the entire group is on a group mission so the perfect constellation came together and actually when we went to the Iset temple and i don't want to use isis because isis the name is like pretty distorted with many different meanings so it's like we want to call it Iset. and um so when we went to the 
to the temple, it was so magical because this is like when our mission got completed. And um, every woman got basically their initiation in their own way. But as a group, it was incredible. <laughs> and it was like really intense, even when people left. It was so much initiation about the feminine and every little detail for every woman in a different way and in a group together as well. And the downloads what I got before I got, like I got all those downloads even in Germany, like what to do with the group and all the entire like um, paths to take them on, like was absolutely conductive to bring the masculine and the feminine basically into a marriage on the very end. And um, so every step of the way was basically like getting ready for that. And we just actually completed this entire journey last week because there was so much integration when people went home. They were still in this container of this process. And last weekend was the first time that it felt really ready to complete the container and like seal it and send people off on their on their new adventure because there was it was really important to have like the group energy be held for each other. So yeah, it was incredible. Wow, that sounds absolutely amazing. And you've, you've decided to um, stay on in Egypt for a while. It was not that I decided, Spirit said like before I went to Egypt and I checked in like, so how long do I go? And Spirit said like, I need to move there. And I was like, that's not possible. Wow. <laughs> So I went with an open flight and um, every time when I checked in, it was like, um, I need to be at least 12 weeks. But um, I felt I had like um, commitments in Sedona and workshops, which, which are coming up in, in May and June. So I felt like I need to be responsible for this as well. But Spirit said I need to be here for 12 weeks. So I stretched the time and you can imagine, I'm like, everything like what needs to happen happens like in a stretch period of time of 12 weeks but only probably in um how many weeks do we have i think six um, eight eight weeks so every day is absolutely filled with transformation there's not even one dull moment it's just so much stuff and the energy is actually really incredible to say the least and it feels like everything that needs to be seen even stuff which i had worked on already is all coming again to the surface to like be looked at it again from a different angle and release it again and all the private sessions what i'm doing it's um really interesting it's all about the feminine it's unbelievable mm -hmm. i'm like the awakening what we had here is like that all those people who get sessions they have the same awakening like isis comes to them speaks to them before the yeah. session it's like it's magic so yeah so have you seen any um like as you're living there and as you grounded this feminine energy in there are you seeing that like in the external yet so it's like it's really interesting because there's a lot what I needed to let go of and also like my judgment because you don't see women, right? The only women you see are like um, hair covered in like long dresses. So you never see like one little inch of skin. And even though I feel also pretty covered, but this is the skin what looks out, right? I cannot be like all the way dressed up, but I needed to change all my, all my clothes. It's basically like also like full body covering, so to speak. And even now, I really often walk around with a scarf 
And what I realized, it's in a, there's so many layers to it. I'm like, I feel better actually when my body is covered, right? There's like a sense of comfort. And also when my hair is covered, of course I'm blonde, so it's like I'm, people really like, they see me even more though. But even when I, when I walk around, sunglasses covered up my hair, long dress, and I'm just in a tuk-tuk, I'm like, people stare into the tuk-tuk. Like they can only see this much skin. There's not like maybe this little bit of hair comes out, but people stare at me, and um, and I think it can only be energetically because otherwise I'm full body covered. And I realize it's like for me much much more comfortable to really obey those rules how women walk around. But then on the other side, like when I walk around in a in a long dress, like what I got here in Cairo. Just also like hiding the body, not being seen, right? Like not like showing form, not like being authentically me. So it goes like back and forth. So it's a really interesting dance. So the comfort is like being fully dressed and the other side, on the other hand, is like, so where's my identity? Like, how do I operate in this different culture, but still stay me mm-hmm. or stay myself? So it's, it's so many facets that I feel like I'm just working through, but I can see like the, how can I say it? I mean, we are in Ramadan right now, right? Like it's all about celebration being with the family. And I see what the men do for their families. It's all about the celebration, going home and breaking the fast with family every night someplace else, which is absolutely beautiful. And being with their family and also their wives. But on the other hand, you don't see the wives outside of, of the family house. So it's this really interesting dance. The men have all those rights and what they can do and the women are like more hidden. At least that's my observation right now. But I feel also like the longer I'm here, I get a better, deeper understanding and see like the women have like a freedom in their household, how they do it. And there's also like a lot of rules. So it's a really, I'm like, I'm sounding probably like really confusing because I'm still confused about the entire situation because it's so multifaceted. I cannot even put my finger on it. It's just like taking it day by day and seeing like, so where's my femininity, like just for myself, hidden Mm -hmm. underneath a long dress, not showing any skin and how can I contain that? So, and then of course, then this is said, it's all about like claiming your femininity, claiming your beauty, claiming your body. That's the message from Iset in the temple. There's like no holding back because you don't do it for anybody else. It's like you live your inner beauty inside out. If somebody sees it or not, you do it for yourself. You claim it, you own it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the message from um, Iset. So it's really interesting to be in this feminine but masculine energy surrounded by and those men which we are also not like used like me being german and like living in the us they do everything for you i'm like you're the queen i'm like you snip and everything is done for you and i never experienced anything like this you don't need to literally do anything because they are absolute gentlemen so this feels really great too but this is like because i'm also a tourist and like i'm in like in this beautiful space to be honored and um, supported and catered to and I don't know how this is at home how they do how they do this with their wives right like how how is this like when I what I don't see behind hidden doors so to speak 
but for me the experience so far was like really incredible the people are absolutely super friendly like really nice and yeah like no complaints so far Beautiful. and what about um you, you talked about uh you know that, that you went through some major initiations and you brought in a lot of different things in ceremony and retreat so um internally um how are you feeling as far as your own transformative process or what you what you went through so i feel actually like better and better i'm like after the, the um tour after the retreat it took me a week just to bring it back home right because it was intense and a lot but um i feel more in my feminine than ever there's like a new ignition or like like between the masculine and the feminine was also like um the goal in our like retreat to bring those both together and i feel like there's a big a big shift happening inside of me to own both and um i think the feminine to really own the feminine has so many faces but it's like to own a feminine as i just said without without doing it for other people just to own the femininity inside of me and like yeah be completely happy about this like celebrating myself that's basically where it's at and i feel like this took me to another level and it feels actually really awesome and i think this happened for all the women who participated in a different way like everybody went i feel like up the next level in their evolution that's how i feel for myself too and for me it was also like a lot about leadership stepping into the leadership and see like how leadership can be done how is the sisterhood and it was like literally um seeing how important sisterhood is in being on the planet to like be on mission and really like make this possible and not shying away from it to really see like i need to step Oh, that was interesting. What just happened? No idea. So no. You you froze and right in the middle when you're saying I need to step. How talk about the sisterhood. Well, maybe there's like um a sabotage running here. So like yeah, it's all about like really stepping into power into the um in in the power like full in the powerful role as being a woman also in leadership. And I think this happened also for um, other people, other women who were here to step more into their um, leadership. And um, I think there's also an energy which like really tries to sabotage that. And it's not only here, I think this is like globally. And so like all the women basically after the retreat, they were like under energetic attack to say the least, mm. to really like step into it and like own it. So it was like, energetically not that easy mm. and i don't know like if other people felt this too but even clients who um got sessions they had also exactly the same experience mm. that uh, the femininity was um attacked or affected so i feel like this, that's a global phenomenon right now to prevent women really as light holders and placeholders of the feminine to really um what's the world what I'm looking for, like not to have this happen, to block them, to sabotage them, mm. that people or women shy away, uh, away from it, like not to do it because they can sense there's like a discomfort in doing it. 
So I feel like that's what really um, came out in Egypt. How can you be in your feminine in this masculine world, mm -hmm. not being threatened by the masculine, but also like not shying away from it and finding the middle ground mm -hmm. of like being in your diplomacy and like holding yourself back and protecting your femininity, but also like bring it out. So it's a real interesting dance for all the women who participated as well. Mm. I don't know if this makes any sense, what I'm saying. It does, yeah. It's fascinating because like you're in it, like we in the United States, you know, we perceive that we have more freedoms, but mm -hmm. like the societal dance we have is really, really complex. Mm -hmm. Over in Egypt, you're seeing more of a delineation so you can see it more clearly. I'm That's my sense. Mm -hmm. um, so you're you're like exploring avenues within yourself that you weren't able to see in the United States. Exactly. And I think it's also like what we do here because I checked in today again, like I'm, I'm still on my mission, like what do I'm doing here? And it's like, I'm still holding the light, I'm holding the place, I'm like creating, creating basically the, the ground here to hold this feminine energy, but it's not only the feminine energy, it's the Lemurian energy to bring this love and light and the lightness from Lemuria here because I'm like there were like wars here there was like revolution here just some years ago so to bring the feminine in the feminine is not on their like highest level of respect here in this country so to walk around as a woman just by yourself this is like that's huge already right mm -hmm. so it's how can you feel safe being your feminine and not offend the, ma the man because we are so free in the US and also in Germany in Europe and they're not used to that so it's a really interesting dance yeah mm. yeah it sounds like it it sounds like it's just been an amazing journey on so many levels absolutely mm -hmm. and um, we got also the experience to go to the white and black desert. That's what we just did last week. And this was like a really awesome experience too, because there's the crystal mountain with the crystals and you can just see the crystals like growing on the on the rocks. Oh, wow. And by seeing those crystals and just picking up the crystals in the sand, like this was a, there was this gigantic portal which opened um, and we went in like, the crystal mountain is basically the portal into the Sahara desert mm. and we were like for one day completely immersed in the desert which was absolutely phenomenal and the energy was so high because this crystalline energy is literally like underneath the Sahara mm. desert and I was basically like the entire time just like flying out of my body and I was like so happy because the energy was just so light and so bright and just playful and joyful. And it was just a really extraordinary experience as well. So there's so many different facets of Egypt to have basically the crystalline field, the Sahara Desert, and also like the sacred sites and the Muslim culture and right now Ramadan, like right the prayers all day long and the celebration and the fast and all of that. And, um, and then normal touristic um, Egypt with the Red Sea and diving and all of those those areas. 
so it's so multifaceted that every time like it's some completely different part which also like gets ignited in you that's how i feel about this entire trip sounds like an all-encompassing adventure on a just a myriad of levels right mm. spiritual physical <laughs> mentally emotionally and just exactly and of course like arriving here at a great pyramid in giza was like extraordinary and like it was like oh my gosh finally i came home i was beyond happy and there's this feel of like yeah i just came home it feels really normal so it should feels kind of oh yeah I, yeah that's my home mm. you know it's so so different right it's like it's not like it doesn't have the standard what um the us has right like it's like completely different it's like fairly poor actually there are like a lot of poor people and to to be also in this like different environment and to see the high civilization what we really like all those temples and the sacred sites what we got to see this um high development but nowadays here like to see also the the poor people and how they live it's also like really interesting to how it is always in balance mm. so well, that makes me think of an interesting question. So, um, you know, because you said that you felt that there's a huge Lemurian connection there, right? And mm -hmm. so the, the average person on the street, or not, would you say that they're they're tapped into that or is in, in it on any level? Or is it something that's just kind of that they're uh, completely separate from? Or maybe it's an unconscious thing? Or is it, you know, is that something that's lost? Or is it still there somewhere? That's a good question. I think a lot of people here, at least in this area where I'm at, it's kind of, it's called village, even though it's 50,000 people. But it's like literally that live like in the village, they have their cows, which they um, are on, like, which they go like with like um, donkeys every day to the field and get their stuff. Camels riding around like in the city, like the car cannot move through the street because the streets are so, so tiny. So it's like, you're literally like in the village with so many people and I don't know if I can answer um, the question. I doubt it that I really feel, maybe feel this because I think there's like a lot of, I don't know if it's survival, but there's just a pure conscious. And I don't know when people are in poor conscious, if they can just enjoy the moment and be like present with what is and like just be okay with all of that. Or do they really suffer for the survival? I don't know. You know, like if you are, if you don't have the capacity to tap into something like this, that you see the beauty and the specialness of the pyramid, or if you are just happy that you have your meals on the table, I don't know if you can expand your, your conscience sure. to something higher yeah. than just like, how can I have the next meal on my table? Right. Mm -hmm. It's and no I'm different than it is here. Yeah, yeah. it's no yeah. different than it is here with people. Exactly. And so I don't know, like, if this is the truth, if there are like, thinking about the next meal on the table, but a lot of people, they're like, not, they don't have too much money. I'm like, it's literally the village where we are in. This is probably like America 50 years back. Mm -hmm. okay. You know, it's sure. like, not everybody has a car. I'm like the family we are living at, it's like four sons and two daughters. They have one car. Mm. So it's like really extra special when you have a car, otherwise you need to take um, a tuk-tuk or you need to rent it or buy for by a taxi cab or an uber but normal people they don't use this really often so they use buses and they they need to take maybe four or five buses until they get to cairo so wow. there's not so much money 
that you feel like you are surrounded by abundance and that's just like normal living in the village here mm. in, in the city maybe it's different but yeah and what about uh what about pilgrims from you know or or seekers or spiritual people from around from around the world have you seen a lot uh, a large convergence of that happening right now there i'm actually like a lot of people like tourists on the sacred sites and like not all of them like most likely in the giza pyramids and um and in Luxor, like, but even in the Isat temple, we were nearly, nearly alone. Maybe we were like oh. maybe, I don't know, maybe twenty more people, but we were nearly alone. So it was a big surprise. So it completely depends, like where you go. But of course, like yeah, Giza was um, lots of people, and we haven't had actually. We we had a really strong schedule. We didn't talk to other people. We were really content in our um, group. But I think a lot of people take tools. But what I know from our um, Egyptologist, Egyptologist, he said that not many groups travel like how we did. And he was really challenged with our group, so to speak, because in Egypt, it's not allowed to stand together in a circle and meditate. So we haven't had allowed, um, um, the possibility to meditate on any temple and just to to do meditation or like have a conversation or like tune in or like download stuff because our tour guide was so worried because the the gods would come and follow us step by step to check out what we are doing so it was like sometimes really challenging and then you need to pay them like that they let you have like five minutes in a in a special space but you're always overwatched so this was really intense and I um, could not use my drum. Just having my drum in my backpack freaked my guide out already. And then finally I took it out and he nearly had a heart attack because it was like a drum is basically like a meditation tool and meditation is not allowed on any, on any sacred site. Wow. That's it's really interesting. It's really interesting. So it was for that, it was really challenging that we couldn't, just be under sacred size and hang out and do our thing because it was always kind of watched over mm. and i think they had also um politically they had a lot of stress like also with terrorism just i think four years ago and tourists were compromised by the tourism so they had a lot of they established a lot of new rules to keep it really safe and make every um sacred site you go to it's like proven by the government all the names with passports are all like um registered so like you cannot just do whatever you want it's all strict by plan and they know and the police checkpoints so it's to provide and protect for the tourists but it's not as easy as we thought it would be to say that mm. Mm. What an interesting journey it's been, it sounds like. And, you, and, and again, you're going to be there for a few more weeks, right? Yes, I will um, travel back to Germany on March, uh, no, on May 4th. So tomorrow we're going to go back to two more sacred sites. And I think we need to have this time to integrate, to get ready to take more in because it was just a lot to be with the energies because what happened and that's probably also for everybody different, but um, just to be in those places or in the um, Valley of the Kings and to go into those um, 
um, what is it even called? Like the tombs. You can feel the energy. Like when you when you when you are around those tombs or the sacred site, you can literally feel the energy is still still present. Mm -hmm. So even the statues of Sekhmet and certain um, certain walls, they have imprints of energy which you can really feel, and the energy is like really like transmuted through the statues. So they're like sacred places. They're li literally like the placeholders and energy holders until today and like thousands of years later. And you feel it really like the energy just penetrating you and like moving you. So and there were like many places like this. So it's like just to be tuned into everything, like the walls, like the mummies, there was so much energy like with the mummies and people had like really deep connections to, to the mummies and to the um, pharaohs who had passed who they have past lives with so there was a lot of deep connection to the past and remembrance on a really deep level for mm -hmm. all participants so it's really like to get those new codes and also the old memories like activated and now they can work with us so yeah that's beautiful. well i'm excited to uh, to talk to you when you get back into germany after the whole thing is kind of you know culminated and you've had some time to, to really but it's it's i mean you're you're emanating such an energy coming from there right now i think we can both feel it right eric yeah oh definitely definitely so yeah it's yeah it was an interesting journey it still is mm -hmm. yeah and we just appreciate you knowing yeah. you the way that i do and knowing all the good work that you're always doing everywhere that you go and and uh i'm sure that um whether they know it or not right now i'm sure that um all, all the wives there and all the feminine are feeling maybe just a little bit better in the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I'm like, at least the women in our house and all the children, mm -hmm. they have, they wear nail polish and they're like super, like, <laughs> super grown up. Mm -hmm. So we had like our influence already. Beautiful. Well, it's mm -hmm. fantastic. Well, I know that we have a certain amount of time in this hall, so I just want to say, Makwa, thank you so much for you know sharing your experiences with us and and uh, bringing us bringing us into Egypt a little bit, and so amazing to talk to you. And Erica, thanks for setting us up. And, You're and, welcome. Um, that's Glad always to great it. to be with you. Yeah, yeah. So and thank you so much for having for having me, and I I feel really honored to be like with you guys and share my experience and like just like having a little bit of Oregon um energy here in little manchester energy feels like really nourishing to my soul so like in having like two friends like connected on this level to really like see the interest and like yeah, yeah. makes me makes my makes my heart really sing thank you for having you're me you're welcome you're so yes. welcome thank you we love you so much and we're we're just so looking forward to when we see you again in person yeah. and until then hopefully we'll have another zoom and we'll just keep it keep it going keep it awesome. going okay yes okay thank so you like thank you Egyptian blessings and um, much love to both of you to you, you too, as well to you as well thank you everybody okay. for joining us on truth seekers today and until next time keep seeking the truth yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank bye. you okay bye-bye bye, -bye. bye, -bye.